for tonight's message, I would just simply call it, Let's Go God's Way. In Isaiah 43, 18, it says, Remember you not the former things, neither, neither consider the things of old. That word remember there has to do with living through something again, or rehearsing, or reenacting, and reciting an event that brings to your soul all sorts of things not pleasant. So the Word of God tells us to stop reciting the past. Why? Because it can obstruct where God is wanting to take you to. Simply put, the Lord is saying, get off the merry-go-round. And let Him lift you out of the rut of the past and bring you into a new way. Sadly, there are those who never see the sunlight of tomorrow because they live in the shadow of yesterday. But to walk in God's best, we must let go of the past and reach forward to the future. And that's what Paul was writing to the church at Philippi when he said in verse 13, Brethren, I count not myself to apprehend it. But this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. He said, I am off and running and I'm not turning back. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm not turning back because I'm off and running. And then in verse 14, it says, I press toward the mark. For the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. And then in verse 19, in the context of where he says, don't remember the former things. Why? Because I will do a new thing. And he says, it'll spring forth even now. Shall you not know it? I will make a way in the wilderness and I will make rivers in the desert. Hallelujah. The Spirit of God is saying to us tonight, I'm about to do something new. Look, open your eyes. It's already begun. Do you not see it? I believe by the word of the Lord that God has got some great things in store for you individually and some awesome things in store for us corporately. I believe this, that it is not the will of God for us to go to one level and get stuck there for 30 or 40 years. No, I see in the Word of God that God wants to take those that behold Him as in a mirror. He wants to take us from one degree of glory to the next. He wants you to go from faith to faith, strength to strength, victory to victory, and glory to glory. Somebody shout yes. Oh, hallelujah. In Proverbs, the fourth chapter, and in the 18th verse, I love this verse. It says, but the path of the just, say it with me, I am the just. I am am right in his sight. This path of the just is as the shining light that shines more and more unto the perfect day. That word perfect there means complete. You see, Jesus is the light of life. And in Him we live and move and have our being. As we follow Him by the Spirit of God, He enlightens our path. He shows us the way. He directs us every day of our lives. And your path 
should not be getting darker and darker. If you're living for Him, your life should be getting brighter and brighter and greater and greater. Amen. Oh, thank God on the path of God, there is no death. In Proverbs 12, 28, it says, In the way of righteousness, in the way of those that have right standing with God is life. And in their pathway is no death. Let's say it real strong. In my pathway pathway is life and light and and love. And And there is no death. And so the path of the just, that's you and I. It's as a shining light. And it shines more and more unto the perfect day. That word and that phrase, more and more, denotes to us a progression. That's you and I. We are moving forward. We are not looking backward longingly at how good or how bad things used to be. No, we are progressing more and more. Now, you know why that is? God is not the God of decrease. He is not the God of The God who causes us to be grieved and be full of sorrow. But God is a God of increase. And in Psalms 115, we notice in verses 12 through 14, it says that the Lord hath been mindful of us. You know, thank God you are on His mind. And He will bless us. He will bless the house of Israel. How many of you know He will bless the house of Hernandez? He will bless the house of Thomas. He will bless the house of Israel. And you just put your name right in there. He blesses my house. The Bible says, He will bless them that fear the Lord or that reverence Him, both small and great. Now read verse 14 with me. The Lord shall increase you more and more, you and your children. The Lord's going to increase you. Increase you in strength. Increase you in health. I believe the Spirit of God is saying He's going to increase some of you with more years to live long on the earth. Oh, glory to God. I thought I'd get some shouting right there. Amen. He's a God of increase. With long life will He satisfy you and show you your salvation and show you His healing and show you His deliverance. Hallelujah. Some people say, well, I just don't know whether I can make it or not. It just feels so weak. You know, the Bible says, them that have no might, He will increase your strength. And so on this path, there's more. Don't you let the devil tell you that it's over with for you. No, thank God there's more for you to do. There's more to reach for. There's more on the path of God. Amen? His plan, I believe, is to increase you, to open up doors for you, and take you to places that you never, ever thought possible. In Ephesians 3.20, it says it very clearly. It says, Now unto Him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we can ask or think. Now notice with me, it is in direct proportion to the power of God that is working in us. 
One translation says, He can do infinitely beyond your highest prayers, desires, thoughts, hopes, or dreams. How many of you tonight got some high hopes? How many of you got some high dreams? Well, God is able to go way out beyond that for you. But it is according to the power of God that is actively working in you. And the power of God is found in the Word of God. God's Word contains the power of God. And when you place it in your heart and you open your mouth and speak it and make declarations of faith, you are positioning yourself for the exceeding abundantly above all that you can ask or think. Oh, glory to God. But it is not just the power of the Word. It is also... The power of the Holy Ghost. How many of you know we need the Holy Ghost working in us? We need the Holy Ghost working in us. Because you can try to figure this out and figure that out and try to look at how God's going to do this and how God's going to do that. But at the beginning of the day, in the middle of the day, and at the end of the day, it is not by might nor by power, but it is by the Spirit of the living God. And so I want to encourage you tonight. On this New Year's Eve, to stir yourself up and get the power of God actively working on the inside of you. How do we do that? We stir ourselves up by praise. We stir ourselves up by praying in the Holy Ghost. Did you know the more you pray in the Holy Ghost, the stronger you get down on the inside of you? And the more that you pray in the Holy Ghost, the more that you will tap in to the bright future that God has planned for you from before the foundation of the world. So I believe this, the fuller, the better your future will be. The more filled with the Word of God you are, and the more filled with the Spirit of God you are, the brighter your future is going to be. And I dare say tonight, he's got a bright future for you. He's got some big things in store for you. He's already planned out opportunities and breakthroughs and big ideas for you. Somebody said, well, I don't know. Could could God do more than he did last year? You bet he can. Oh, you don't know how good the Lord's been to me. You ain't seen nothing yet. We've barely scratched the surface on the goodness of God. Come on, somebody. Glory to God. He is rewarding his people who will operate and function by faith. He is rewarding his people who will stay stirred up in the realm of the spirit and watch and pray and be the body of Christ that he intends for them to be. I believe that it is the will of God for Mark Thomas and for you to go beyond where we've ever been before. I believe it's the plan of God for us to surpass and to supersede and to excel in every area of our life. I'm talking about stronger than ever. I'm talking about in your relationships, having days of heaven upon the earth and even your finances being blessed beyond measure. I didn't get a very good amen on that. 
Somebody says, well, it ain't been too good, pastor. Stop reenacting that. Stop reciting that. And start declaring, my God's a good God. And he supplies all my need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. In 2017, I'm going to delight myself in the Lord, my God. He's given me the desires of my heart. Glory to God. Slap your neighbor and say, he's given me the desires of my heart. Well, I didn't mean slap them. Well, someone might need a good old slap in the spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Superseding, surpassing, excelling in every area of your life. You see, the good news is this. God likes to show himself strong in your weakness. The apostle Paul discovered that. When all hell seemed to break loose on him, the Spirit of God spoke to him and said, Paul, my grace is sufficient for you. For my strength is made perfect in your weakness. And so it's a time for you and I to access this great grace with the great faith that he's placed on the inside of us. He wants to show himself strong. He will, in fact, remove obstacles and hindrances that stand in your way to victory. We could all think about some things that have hindered us in the past. I love this song that Brenda knew when she was a little girl. It was a song, have you got any rivers you think are uncrossable? Have you got any mountains you can't tunnel through? God specializes in things thought impossible. He will do for you what no other power can do. Raise your hands up and say, he's doing for me. No, what not any other power can do. So how shall these things be? How shall this be a year to flourish? How shall these things believe? B, I believe it's a year of fullness. The Spirit of God gave me three F's for the new year. Filled, faithful, and fruitful. Being filled with the Holy Spirit. Being faithful to what God has called you to do. And bearing fruit every day of your life. And those are all messages in and of themselves. But this is a year to flourish in the courts of our God. This is a year to, to get full and to stay full of the Holy Spirit. Somebody says, well, how do I stay full of the Holy Spirit? I don't even feel halfway full right now. Number one, get filled up. And then once you're filled up, just practice the presence of God and stay filled and stay intoxicated, if you will, with the Holy Ghost. It's a new day. What do you say we go God's way? I believe that this year is also a year of fresh hope. In Romans 15 and verse 13, let's look at that one together. Romans, the 15th chapter and the 13th verse. Notice it says, now the God of hope fill you with what? Sorrow and stress. Is that what it says? No. 
Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound or increase in hope through what? Through the power of the Holy Ghost. People that are filled with the Holy Ghost and stay full of the Holy Ghost are a people that are also filled with hope. I've discovered this. The fuller I am of the Spirit in my life, the better life is. And the fuller I am of the Spirit, things that may have seemed impossible to me last week, now that I'm filled with the Holy Ghost this week, they no longer look impossible. If you want to stay full of hope and full of joy and full of peace, stay full of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. This is a year for fresh hope. But not only that, this is a year for fresh oil. I said this is a year for fresh oil. This is a night for fresh oil. I love what the psalmist said in Psalm 92 and verse 10. He said this, I shall be anointed with fresh oil. Hallelujah. Let's read it together. But my horn shall thou exalt like the horn of a unicorn. I shall be. Now notice that with me. He said, I shall be. People around me may not be, but as for me in my house, I shall be. I'm going to experience the fullness of the Holy Spirit every day of my life. I'm going to experience the anointing. I'm going to experience the oil of gladness in my life on a daily basis. You have found out that God does daily load us with benefits. And one of the greatest benefits of being born again is have the privilege of being filled with the Holy Ghost and experiencing fresh oil every day of your life. Not only that. But you and I, you mark my words, we are going to experience and are experiencing greater times of refreshing than we've ever experienced before. We're going to experience more presence, more saturation, more visitation, more habitation, more glory manifestation than we've ever known before. These are not times of discouragement for this nation. These are not times of discouragement for our church. These are not times of discouragement for us individually. We are living in the times of refreshing. We are living in the greatest times ever, I believe. We are living in the last of the last days. Come on, somebody. And if there's any church in the Bay Area that's going to function in the unction. And that's going to flow in the anointing. And it's going to experience the presence of God, the power of God, and the goodness of God. It's going to be this church right here. It's going to be this tongue-talking, Bible-believing, divine-healing, word-filled people like us. Come on, lift your hands up and welcome Him in your life. We welcome you, Lord. Woo! Times of refreshing. Look over at Acts chapter 3, verse 19. Acts, the third chapter and the 19th verse. Hallelujah. Glory to God. 
filled. 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 Too many are too many people are filled with the wrong stuff. Filled with worry. Filled with the world. It's time for Christians to be filled with the word and filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen. Now notice in Acts 3, 19, it says, repent ye therefore. You know, if a person needs to repent, they just need to repent. And that means just turn the other way. Why should we do that? And be converted or be changed so that your sins may be blotted out. So that when the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. I've got a question for you tonight. Are you a candidate for times of refreshing? Where do these times of refreshing come from? The presence of the These times of refreshing come from the presence of the Lord. So if I'm going to be refreshed, I need to go where the presence of the Lord is. Coming to church every now and then, don't get it. Forsaking the assembling of ourselves together doesn't get it. This is a presence-based church. We function and we operate by the presence of God. If God's presence is not in something and on something, we are not going with it. So if I'm going to experience continual infillings of the Holy Spirit, like Brother Hagin said, if I'm going to experience constant renewals of the Spirit, I need to be around a people that know how to draw from the presence of God. I need to be around a people that will allow the presence of God to permeate every service. Amen? Not just sitting up with the dead and playing church and just counting on the minutes the pastor's preaching, but all in with the Spirit of God. All in with the presence of God. Amen? Notice this verse in the Amplified Version, and we're going to receive communion in just a few moments. But notice in Acts 3, verse 19, how many of you are candidates for fresh oil? How many of you are candidates for times of refreshing? That's not just every now and then when the Hagans come to town. That's just not every now and then on a Sunday night, but that's every time we get together. Notice with me, in Acts 3, 19 in the Amplified Version, that's the Amplified Version of Pastor Mark right there. I must decrease so that he can increase. (laughs) Acts 3.19. I'll just go ahead and read it to you. So repent and change your mind and purpose. Turn around and return to God. So that your sins may be erased and blotted out and wiped clean. That the times of refreshing. Now notice that. Of recovering from the effects of heat. Anybody been through a fiery trial recently? That's why times of refreshing are available to those that are going through difficulties. That's right. Times of refreshing, of the recovering of the effects of heat. Now notice with me, and a reviving with what kind of air? He's got fresh oil and he's got fresh air for you. Hallelujah. And notice with me, once again, they come from The presence of the Lord. Amen. Now, in closing this, this evening, I want to take a look at Hebrews chapter 12 as we open our hearts to receive the Lord's table. Amen. So let's look at Hebrews, the 12th chapter. 
And I want you to notice a couple of verses here. In verse 1, and I'm going to break it down into three specific areas. Number 1, it says, Wherefore, seeing we are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. Now, what this is referring to is we are to perceive and to see those that have already gone on before us. Anybody know anyone that's gone on to be with the Lord before you? Okay? Now, this great cloud of witnesses literally is referring to those in the gallery of faith of Hebrews chapter 11. It is referring to those that live their life for God, that face tests, that face challenges, but in spite of all that they faced, they chose to operate by faith. They didn't quit when they felt like quitting. They didn't bend when they felt like bending. But rather, they were rewarded for their faith and they were placed, if you will, in the hall of faith. How many of you ever heard of the hall of fame in baseball and football? Well, that can't touch the hall of faith in Hebrews chapter 11. So what he's saying here now is I want you to perceive those that have already gone on before you. Those that have run their race. Those that have succeeded in pursuing what the Lord had for their lives. So A, wherefore, seeing we are encompassed with so great a cloud of witnesses. And then the next part of the verse. Let us lay aside every weight. And let us lay aside the sin which does so easily beset us. Now, this is referring to the ancient Greek athletes who were in training for the Olympics. And in training for the Olympics, what they did is they would put weights on their body. And they would train with the weights on. For example, if they were running a race, perhaps they had ankle weights around them. But when the time of the real race came, they were to lay aside those weights. They were to lay aside anything that would be encumbering to them in the race. Amen. They were to let those things go so that when the horn sounded or when the whistle blew or whatever they used, man, they were running and they were moving quickly. Amen? Lay aside every weight so you will not be slowed down. So that you're able to keep pace. These in the hall of faith. Those that were in the gallery of faith were not a weighed down people. They laid down their lives and they laid down every distraction that they possibly could. And God rewarded them for their faith. Now listen to this statement. They laid aside anything that would turn them aside. And I believe that's what the Lord is calling us to tonight. To lay aside anything and everything that would turn you aside. Put down, get rid of excess baggage. 
I can't tell you what those weights are for you. I know what those weights are for me. And I believe by the Spirit of the living God that God is saying, if you will lay those things aside and you will run the race that I have set before you, you will always win and you will always triumph. Here's the good news. The good news about the race that is set before us is this, that we are not setting out on an uncharted or an uncertain course. It is simply unexperienced by us as of yet. So as we lay aside the excess baggage that would keep us from running our best race for Jesus, we do this by looking unto Jesus, who is the author and finisher of our faith. In verse 2, notice with me, in verse 1 it says, Enduring the, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. So tonight, as we approach this new year, I believe the Lord is calling us to a place of beginning fresh with Him. Moving on and moving forward with certainty that there is a way that is set before us. Say it with me, it's the Lord. He's the one who sets the course. You want some really good news? He's not only the author and the finisher... He's not only the Alpha and the Omega, he's everywhere in between. He's not only in your past, he's not only in your present, but he's already there in your future. <laughs> Listen, he's already gone before you. He's already prepared the way for 2017 for you. When you have that knowledge and that assurance on the inside of you that He has already made a way where there seems to be no way, He is the way. He is the way maker. Therefore, you and I can step into the future confidently because He has gone before us. You know what that will do to you if you really understand that and get the revelation of that? And if you get on the path and stay on the path, that means you don't have anything to worry about. That means you just can roll all your cares over on God. And just walk with Him every day of your life. And know that He's already in your tomorrows. He's already in my tomorrows. Hallelujah. You know what that enables you to do? It enables you to sleep real good at night. I mean, all these big threats and all these evil imaginations that come to our soul. Oh, you're not going to make it and you'll be homeless and you won't be able to pay your bills. No, no, no. Shut up, devil. My God has already been there and he's already made the way. So I'm going to operate in the way of faith. And so when I get to my tomorrows, glory to God, my needs will be met. Amen. Glory to God. That should encourage you for your children. That should encourage you for your life. He's out there in the future. He's out there in the future. He's already made the way. Hallelujah. Somebody shout with me. He is my way maker. The ashes are coming.